Well, happy Easter again. Uh, it's uh, quite a different day than it was last Sunday. Anybody remember? It seems like a very long time ago, doesn't it, with snow this deep. I think we got 12 inches, but I'm ready for spring. How about you? And uh, Now, Easter comes at the change of seasons, but it's really not about the change of seasons. It's not about Easter bunnies, it's not about Easter eggs, it's about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which really is the greatest event in human history. The resurrection of Jesus Christ brought a new day to this earth, and that's what my message is entitled today, A New Day. Jesus came as the light of the world, and as he came into the world, he dispelled the darkness that was all around, and he brought this new day. But many people have not entered into a new day, and they still live in darkness or dimness. It was last fall, October 29th, I believe, when the superstorm Sandy hit on the East Coast. Now, it didn't impact us as it did the people on the East Coast, but millions of people were plunged into darkness because the electricity was out. And for many, it didn't come on right away. It didn't come on the next day. For some, it didn't come on for weeks. And they suffered in the darkness. Can you imagine going without electricity for weeks on end? But finally, the lights came back on, and a new day began for them. Well, this morning, some of you may feel like you're in darkness. Your electricity is on. I think all of our electricity is on. But spiritually, things may seem a little dim. Things may not make sense to you. You may be confused. You may be fearful. You may be full of doubt. You're not sure which way to turn. Perhaps events in your life are not going the way you intended. And you're not sure what God wants you to do. You're not sure the direction that he wants you to take. But I've got good news for you on Easter 2013. Jesus wants you to discover a new day. He wants you to move from darkness, from not knowing, from any kind of confusion that's in, in your mind into this new day from darkness to light. Now our story begins as we sang about this morning dur during our worship time with Jesus being arrested. He was put on trial in the middle of the night. He was condemned and sentenced to death by crucifixion. Now, this was a radical turn of events for his followers. You see, just a week before, he had entered into Jerusalem to cheering crowds. And many thought he would be made king of Israel. And yet, just a few short days later, his friends and followers were stunned. Because everything they thought was going to come to pass, that was going to come true, was, was gone. Jesus, their leader, was dead. They remembered the things that he taught. They remembered the people that he healed, the miracles that he did. They remembered how their hearts had been filled with hope. And now, what did they have to look forward to? The Gospel of Matthew records as Jesus hung on the cross in Matthew 27, it says, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. A literal darkness, but yet in his followers that darkness descended as well because there seemed to be not a flicker of hope, not a flicker of light. And yet all was not lost because God had a plan. 
God had a plan for a new day, a day when Jesus would dispel the darkness and bring the light of life. And one of Jesus' followers who watched him die was a woman named Mary, Mary Magdalene. Mary had been rescued from Jesus, by Jesus from a life of sin. She'd had demons cast out of her, and she'd found a new life with Jesus Christ. But now, she didn't know which way to turn. She didn't have a purpose any longer in life. She didn't have someone to follow. So I'd like us to watch a video clip of how the disciples and Mary were reacting to the death of Jesus. This clip is taken from the Bible miniseries. It's uh, playing on the History Channel. I believe tonight is the last, is the last one. So let's take a wa uh, look at how Mary was impacted. Well, Mary had discovered a new day. Jesus was alive. And in that instant, when she recognized him, the darkness in her life was dispelled. And today, God wants each of us to embrace a new day. He wants to encourage each person here because Jesus is alive. <clears throat> now, in your bulletin, there's a handout, the white page. I'd encourage you to take that out. It has the verses we're going to be looking at written out, as well as the outline. And on the back is some questions that our life groups uh, go over as they discuss, and you're free to look at those yourself. I'd encourage you to do it this week as you think and meditate on what God is speaking to you this morning. Our story begins in John chapter 20, verse 1. It says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. You see, a large stone had been placed in front of the tomb. And soldiers had been directed to guard the, the place where Jesus' body lay. Because the authorities feared that somebody would go in and steal the body away. And they didn't want that to happen. They didn't want rumors to spread. But now, in the darkness of that Sunday morning before dawn, Mary saw that the stone had been moved. She was confused. She was grieving over Jesus' death, but now she didn't know what was going on. Her confusion was mixed with discouragement. She didn't know where she'd go in life. I'm sure she was wondering about what the future might hold for her. Jesus had brought her hope, and now he was gone. It says at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Mary was still confused. Jesus was right there, but she didn't recognize him. And let me say that some of you this morning may be wondering, where is Jesus in my situation? Where is Jesus in my life? Things are not going right. Things are not going the way I want them to go. I'm in trouble and I'm not sure where Jesus is. You don't sense his presence. But God wants you to see Jesus in your situation as well. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And so when Jesus spoke her name, when she heard those words which she'd heard many times before, when she heard him say, Mary, she recognized him. And then she called out to him. And at that moment, the darkness in Mary's life 
in a flash was gone. She had new hope. It was a new day for her. Whereas before life seemed to have no purpose at all, now she had hope. Now she had purpose once again. And once Mary recognized Jesus, what did he tell her to do? She was to tell others about him. Verse 17, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God, and you're gone. It's understandable Mary wanted to hold on to Jesus. She didn't want to let him go. She felt she'd lost him, but now he was back. But Jesus had a purpose for Mary, and it was not just simply to cling to him. Her purpose was to go tell others what had happened, that he was alive. The good news of Jesus, the new day that Jesus brings, is not something that we are to hold to ourselves. We need to tell others as well. And so this Easter morning, is there anyone here who can identify with Mary? Anybody like me who's sometimes confused with situations in life? Does everything work out for you exactly like you planned? Doesn't for me. There are times when I'm confused and I say, God, what is going on? You might be feeling this morning like Jesus doesn't understand. He doesn't understand what you're going through. He seems a million miles away. And you wonder, where is he? But just like Mary, Jesus is right there beside you. We just have to open our eyes and recognize that he's there. And so this morning, breathe up, breathe up just a silent prayer to the Lord. And ask Jesus to reveal himself to you, to let you know that he's with you. Because you need a new day. And I believe for many this morning, God is going to bring a new day. He's going to lighten up your day. Perhaps you already know him, but there's ways that his light can shine brighter into your life. And if you don't know him this morning, if your day is pretty dark, he wants to come into your life. And when he does, we need to tell others. Because everybody needs to experience this new day with Jesus. Everyone needs to move from confusion to having a clear purpose in life. And that's what happened with Mary Magdalene. Now let's look at what Jesus' disciples needed to do. They needed to move from fear to peace. Verse 19 says, On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Why were they afraid of the Jews? Well, the Jewish authorities had just conspired with the Romans to put Jesus on trial and to put him to death. And this was the Jesus that the disciples were following. They wondered, would they be next? They were in fear of their lives. Would they be put on trial? Would they be nailed to a cross just like their leader had been? And so they were hiding. Hiding behind locked doors. They were afraid. And so their hope in Jesus that they thought would lead them into a new day had now been reduced to simply fear for their own safety and the safety of their families. So in order to move from fear to peace, they needed to listen to Jesus' words. Verse 19 continues and says that Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And so Jesus in his resurrection body, 
a body just like we're going to have one day, if we're believers, moved right through the walls of that locked door, of that locked room, and appeared to his disciples. And his first words were, peace be with you. In other words, let my peace replace your worry. Let my peace replace your fear. You can't be at peace and afraid at the same time. So peace be with you, Jesus says. I am here. And then Jesus showed them his pierced hands and his pierced side. So they would know it was indeed him. It was not a ghost. He was not a spirit. It was Jesus resurrected from the dead. And like Mary, the disciples also needed to go and share Jesus' peace. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus repeats himself here again. And I don't believe it's by accident. He says, peace be with you. Why did he repeat himself? Because the disciples really needed his peace. They were still pretty afraid. They needed to receive that peace. It needed to replace the fear that they were feeling. And when we move from fear to peace, when Jesus lets his peace come into our lives, when we allow Jesus to pour his peace into our lives, what does he do? He sends us to share his peace with others. We can't hold it to ourselves. We're not to lock ourselves into rooms for fear of others. That fear needs to be replaced by a boldness to share what Jesus has done for us with others. And here, Jesus breathes on them and gives the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power that helps us to share Jesus' peace with others. The others that need it all around us. And so the new day that God has for you this morning is filled with His peace. Now this morning, I'm sure there are people here who can identify with Jesus' disciples. Perhaps you wouldn't say, Pastor, I'm afraid, but who doesn't say from time to time I'm worried? Anybody here ever worry about the future? My hand is up. About a third of you worry. There's a lot of things we worry about. We may worry about the economy. Anybody have a clue what's going to happen in six months or a year? You may worry about the job market if you're looking for a job. You may worry about the stability of your job. You may worry about your health. You may worry about your relationships. And when you worry, which is just a milder form of fear, really, isn't it? Afraid of what's going to happen in the future. When we worry, we're not at peace, are we? When we worry, we have trouble sleeping at night. Because our mind is racing about what may happen, we're not at peace. And so this morning, I believe if we listen with our spiritual ears, Jesus is saying to each person here, peace be with you. He wants you to experience His peace. And so what do we have to do? We need to receive His peace. We have to say, Jesus, I receive the peace that you're offering this morning. I want to live in your peace. I want to refuse to fear or worry. Many times in the Bible where Jesus says, do not worry. That's a command. Be filled with my peace. Peace be with you. And as we experience the peace of Jesus, he wants us to go 
and share that peace with others. Others who are worrying. Others who are in fear. Ever had somebody tell you, I'm worried about something? People tell us that all the time. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. That's an opportunity to share Jesus' peace with them. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. The Father sent Jesus to bring peace to the world, a world filled with fear. And God wants each one of us to be peacemakers as well. He wants us to bring peace to the lives of others who are worried or fearful and move from fear to peace, just as the disciples did. And finally, we need to move from doubt to faith. John 20, 24 says, Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail prints in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. And so the last person we're going to look at this morning is the disciple called Thomas. Thomas needed a new day as well. Thomas was grieving over the Lord's death. He'd been close to him. And he didn't want his hopes dashed again. His hopes were completely dashed at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I believe Thomas was a firm believer in the saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And for Thomas, this sounded too good to be true. He saw him crucified. He saw his lifeless body taken down off the cross carried away to that tomb. How could he possibly be alive again? Thomas didn't want to go along with this story. He thought everybody else had lost their minds. They were deluded in their grief. Jesus alive. Rational people know that doesn't happen. And so he doubted that Jesus was alive. He wanted convincing proof. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to touch Jesus' wounds in order to believe. Or he just refused to believe. And so Thomas really needed to, to reach out and touch Jesus. So what happened? So a week later his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Well, what was going on here? The disciples were back in locked rooms, weren't they? Uh, they still had a little ways to go. They were in locked rooms, and for the third time, Jesus says, Peace be with you. They needed to hear it again. Sometimes it takes a while to move from fear to peace. And then Jesus challenged Thomas. He knew Thomas was doubting. He challenged Thomas to reach out and to touch him. Jesus wasn't just a ghost. He wasn't a spirit. He was in a resurrected body. A body that was spiritual and yet could interact with the physical world. A body that could be touched. A, a body that could touch. And he said, reach out and touch me. He challenged Thomas to move from doubt to faith. Thomas needed to reach out. Whenever you have a doubt about Jesus, whenever we have doubts about Jesus, Jesus is always there to prove himself to us. He wants to prove himself to you. He wants to prove 
to you that he is real this morning. If you are not sure. But you need to reach out. And accept the proof. You need to believe Jesus and no longer doubt. Jesus goes on to say to Thomas. He says stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him my Lord. And my God. And so Jesus proved himself to Thomas. Thomas saw him with his eyes. Thomas touched him with his hands. And Thomas moved from doubt to faith. He stopped doubting and he believed that Jesus was his Lord and Jesus was indeed God. It was a new day for Thomas. Jesus was alive. The news of Jesus being alive was not too good to be true. It was true. And Thomas was rejoicing with the rest of the, the disciples. The gloom and darkness of that had penetrated his life, had been lifted in the light of the res resurrection. Now oftentimes people look down on Thomas. What's the nickname we have for Thomas? Doubting Thomas. But one day you're going to meet Thomas in heaven, I believe. Because Thomas moved from doubt to faith. And when we look at this story, we don't see Jesus looking down at Thomas, do we? Thomas, how could you doubt? And Jesus offered proof to Thomas. That Thomas might believe and move from doubt to faith. And Thomas responded by believing. Do you have some doubts about Jesus this morning? It's okay. Thomas had doubts. Jesus was okay with that. People have doubts sometimes. Some people have trouble believing the Bible is true. Some people are struggling with the very fact of a, a dead man rising from the dead. That's pretty unusual, isn't it? And not just rising from the dead as other stories have been recorded in the Bible, but rising from the dead never to die again. Now, that was a one-time occurrence. Never happened before. It's only going to happen again when Jesus returns and everybody is resurrected. Maybe you're not sure of who Jesus is. A lot of people think Jesus was just a prophet. That he was not God in human flesh. But Thomas called him my Lord and my God. And whatever your doubts are this morning, Jesus loves you. Just as he loved Thomas. And Jesus wants to prove himself to you. He wants you to know that he's real. He wants you to know that he's alive today. And so in your own way, you need to reach out and touch him. In your own way, you need to simply connect with him through prayer. Jesus knows what you're thinking. And in your thoughts, you can connect with him and say, I need to know you're real. I need you to prove to me that you exist and that you love me. Now perhaps this morning, Jesus' proof to you might be in a scripture that was read. And you sense for the first time or perhaps in a renewed way that God is speaking to you. And that indeed the words of the Bible are true. Or perhaps it might be in a song that was sung or that will be sung or, or maybe something that was said in the message. 
Or maybe Jesus' proof to you this morning will simply be a simple whisper of his Holy Spirit in your heart. Not something that you can hear with your physical ears, but you just know that God is communicating with you. He's making himself real to you. He's letting you know that he's alive. And whatever you need for God to prove himself to you, he will do it. If you reach out and accept that proof and move from doubt to faith. Now Jesus' last words to Thomas were recorded in verse 29. It says, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now none of us here have seen Jesus with our physical eyes, have we? I haven't. I suppose it's possible you might have a vision. I have never had a vision like that. I don't know anybody who's had a vision like that. There are stories that some people have and they may well be true. But nobody here today that I'm aware of has seen Jesus with their physical eyes and yet many of us still believe because Jesus has shown himself real to us in many different ways. And Jesus here says there's a blessing for those who believe even though they have not yet seen and so the new day for the disciples resulted in completely transformed lives. Each one moved from confusion to purpose. They moved from fear to peace, from doubt to faith. They experienced the new day in their lives because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they were never going to be the same. You know, if you read on from the Gospels, which are the first four books of the New Testament, you read into the book of Acts, you see their lives were dramatically different. They went from hiding in locked rooms to being fearless, bold proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They did the same things that Jesus did. They preached the gospel. They healed the sick. They saw wonderful answers to prayer. They weren't afraid of anybody. It was a new day for them. And the same can be true for each one here today. Easter 2013. You can move from being confused about your direction and purpose in life to having a clear purpose because God has a plan for your life. You can move from fear and worry to having a peace. The Bible calls it a peace that passes all understanding. Sometimes how can that person be at peace? Their life is a crazy mess, but they're at peace because they know God is in control and they're doing what God has asked of them, and he's going to bring them through. You can move from doubt to a rock-solid faith that's never going to be moved. And I believe that Jesus is revealing himself to each person here this morning in a new way. No matter where you're at in your relationship with him. Perhaps there's some here this morning that really don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ at all. Or you're not sure of that relationship. There's others who've been walking with God for a short time. Others who have been walking with him for years. But God wants to reveal himself to you in a new way today. Because there's always more. There's always more to learn about Jesus Christ. There's always a greater degree that we can believe in him. And our faith can grow stronger. Our peace can grow deeper. Our purpose can grow clearer. And so Jesus' words to Thomas are his words to each one here today. Stop doubting and just believe me that I'm alive today. And my prayer today is that each one here today would be a believer. 
if you're not already, and that each one here today would discover a new day in their lives this Easter that you could look back on and say, yes, God spoke to me. Yes, God moved me forward in his plan and purpose for my life. Yes, my purpose increased, my peace increased, and my faith increased as I follow the risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, to receive those blessings, you need to commit your life to Jesus Christ if you've never done it before. Perhaps there's some here that recommitted their life in the past, that have committed their life to Jesus Christ in the past, and you want to recommit your life to Him on this Easter day, 2013. You want to say along with Thomas, my Lord and my God, with new emphasis, with new meaning. To commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time is to admit that you've sinned. Did you know that worry is sin? Going your own way and not following God's purpose in life is sin. We've all done it. We need to simply admit that we've sinned. Secondly, we need to believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive our sins. Invite him into your life. Commit yourself to following him as he's risen from the dead. So let's bow our heads right now and I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ this morning, I encourage you to pray along with me. If you want to recommit your life, just pray along with me in your own mind. God knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows exactly the state of your heart. You can, you can fool other people, but you can't fool him. Pray something like this. Jesus, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've lived for myself, not for you. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. He took my sins upon himself that I might be forgiven. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you the resurrected Lord, because you did not remain in that tomb. You rose from the dead and you're now seated in heaven. I commit my life to following you. I know you have a plan and purpose for my life and that's what I want to do. Thank you for bringing a new day to my life this Easter 2013. For those who are already believers and you want to deepen your walk with the Lord. Let's pray as well. Say something like this in your own mind. Just agree with me if you agree with what I'm praying. Say, Father, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for Easter when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Because if that hadn't happened, God, our faith would be meaningless. Our faith would be in vain. Nothing would make sense. Thank you that Jesus is alive today. And thank you that you love us, each one. I pray, God, that each person here would live in the new day that you have for us. May no one here live in the past and be bogged down with sins and problems from the past. May no one here live in the worries and fears of tomorrow, but may we live in the new day that you have for us today, a new day in which we can live with Jesus, walking with him, because he's promised Thank you, God, that you've promised to never leave us or forsake us. God, may we move from confusion about our future to knowing your purpose, to knowing the next step you want us to take 
in a crystal clear way. We pray, God, that each person here or any person here who struggles with fear or worry would receive your peace this morning. Breathe your peace into their lives. Take away any doubt. Those who are doubting and show yourself real to any person here who is seeking to know you better. We pray, God, that our faith individually and as a church body would, would grow as we learn to trust you more and more. God, we pray that each person here who's experienced your presence this morning would have the boldness as the disciples did through the power of your Holy Spirit to share, to share your love with others around. So many need your love. May many more find a new day in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.